the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Opinions expressed are not necessarily those of Salem Media Group, their station, or its advertisers. Live from Northern California, it's Lifeline with Jesse Gastan. He's the host of Way of Grace, a pastor and a community leader. He's a teacher and an inspiration. He's Lifeline's own Jesse Gastan. Yes, I am, and I'm here in the flesh. Glad to be with you on this Monday edition of Lifeline. Wonderful day to be together. Wonderful day to have a time of discussion. A wonderful day because it's the day that the Lord has made. Again, I want to welcome you to two hours of discourse, conversation, monologue, excogitation, reflection, thought, hopefully discussion that uh, would include uh, your phone calls and uh, your observations or your questions and your concerns. Again, just glad to be in the house, happy, healthy, uh, hopeful, uh, committed, driven, passionately engaged in all kinds of, uh, I think, important affairs in, in my own life and the life of my community. Um, And I hope you are, too. I hope you are living a life that is worth living in terms of uh, who you are and uh, what God has made you to be and and why he has left you here as the unique person that you are to help enhance, to build up and to strengthen our community for his glory and for his son, the Lord Jesus Christ. Hope that's the case for you. What a uh, what a joyful thing it is to be alive on purpose and to be alive, cognitively aware that you have a unique calling in your life to be a benefit to people. Um, just a joyful thing. And in fact, I believe the world is uh, is suffering from aimlessness. I believe it's suffering from not knowing why it's here and who um, caused it to be here and what its design and purpose and scope uh, is to be in terms of functioning and 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 uh, and being. I think that we are struggling uh, with identity. I think we are struggling with design. I think we're struggling with uh, defining reality in a way that uh, is coherent and is pragmatic and ultimately is God glorifying. This is, this is if my assessment even bears a small measure of truth, this is a very precarious state to be in. To be in a world that you feel somewhat alien to, a world that does not afford you the uh, consistency and clarity and coherence of, uh, of continuity relative to it's been uh, a, a means by which you can be affirmed in, in, in your uniqueness and in your, your powers, your gifts and your purposes in the world. And of course, if you're a Christian, and I hope, I hope a number of you are out there are not, but are just searching and seeking, 
Um, Christians have been told in the word of God that they have been created on purpose, created by design and created with a goal uh, oriented to uh, replicating God's glory in their own lives. We call it the Imago Dei uh, in terms of the original uh, proclamation of, of the triune God in Genesis 3, Genesis 1, 26 and 27. And God laid out for us as human beings exactly who we are and what we were to be and how we were to do it. He created us in his image and in his likeness. And he he gave us to have dominion over everything. And he was he was clear that we should uh, be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth and then also to subdue the earth in terms of coming to manage it as God's uh, under shepherds and to care for it as God's stewards so that the cultivation of this world would reflect the beauty, splendor, holiness, righteousness, goodness, uh, and eternality of God Almighty. Um, But I would say today that we are probably as far far away from that reality as, as anyone could imagine. Uh, The statistics are clear concerning the uh, dishevelment of mind, the lack of optimism, indeed, great measures of pessimism, uh, lack of enthusiasm, lack, again, of of confident clarity, uh, particularly with our young people and even with our older people, so that almost all of our institutions around us seem to be crumbling. All of our institutions seem to be in flux. Uh, And and this is exactly what Marxism uh, is designed to do. If you were to read uh, the Communist Manifesto, uh, as we have done at Grace, uh, with with exposition to boot and and recognize that the agenda of Marxism is to always uproot the existing structures, to turn them upside down and bring them into flux, to make that which is on top tumble down, tumble down, and that which is on bottom to emerge up through a kind of rebellion and opposition and and demonstration and protest and and even violent, violent disruption of the the prior and the longstanding structures. And that's where we are today. Everything, everything in your world right now is up in the air. And, And the way that I really would put it, um, is under siege, under siege. Uh, our world is under siege, and a lot of people aren't even aware of it. There's a parable that Solomon uh, rendered in the book of Ecclesiastes. I'm going to actually be probably preaching from this text in a couple of weeks up in uh, in San Jose at Calvary Chapel during the uh, the Values Advocacy uh, Council meeting. I think it's February 19th. Uh, if you're interested in being there, and I'd love for you to be there, I'm going to be dealing with uh, what's been going on in our world, particularly in America. And in California, seems to be wholesale given over to a kind of Marxist critical race theory overhaul of our society. And I'm going to show the correlation between it, COVID, and the anti-gospel solution that actually stands as a counterpart to to the gospel of Jesus Christ and its infiltration into the church. The whole social justice movement has infiltrated the church and has brought in a pseudo gospel. And I want to talk about how easily we have been duped into believing that critical race theory is a good thing for the church. 
Um, but I want you to hear the parable that I'm going to be using as a platform to launch into the correlation between critical race theory, social justice and, uh, and, and the gospel, along with COVID, because COVID, I believe, and we can demonstrate it just by the way it has rolled out and impacted the world, is part of a larger socialist agenda uh, for control. Um, here's what Solomon says in Ecclesiastes chapter nine, verse 14 through 18. He says, there was a, a, a city, a small city, a little city and few men therein. And there came a great king against it and besieged the city roundabout and built great bulwarks against it. There's your tension right there. Small city, great king. What does this great king do? Encompasses the city about and besieges it. Now, can you imagine what it feels like to be under siege? Sure you can. It's what's been going on for the last two years called a COVID pandemic. Sure you can. So this goes on to say that he built great bulwarks against it. We will identify those bulwarks in terms of contemporary application as we're doing, as we are planning on making the correlation between critical race theory, Marxism, COVID-19, as well as social justice uh, um, advocacy. Those woke people that are everywhere taking up every institution and structure, even in church, to topple everything, turn it upside down. It's under siege right now. You should know that. But the parable goes on to say these words. Now, there was found in this city a poor wise man. There's your there's your, your tension. You've got your, your your conflict with the little city being encompassed about by a great king. Now you got a little poor man in the city. There's the paradoxical nature of gospel narratives. A poor man in the city, but he was wise. He was a poor wise man, and he by his wisdom delivered the city. He had the answer to the problem of the siege. He had the answer to the problem of a small city being taken uh, control of by a larger kingdom. He had the answer. He was able to deliver the city. But here comes the sort of dramatic, uh, anticlimactic response. Yet no man remembered that same poor man. There was a neglect on the part of the people in the city to regard the wisdom of that poor man. And what Solomon is saying is, uh, we might infer from this that when you reject the wisdom of the poor man, you are going to be besieged and you're going to be overcome because you have rejected the wisdom of the poor man. And the vacuum is filled up now with adversaries. The parable finishes out this way. Then said I, Solomon, wisdom is better than strength. I would agree with that, wouldn't you? And yet what's going on today is all about power. It's all about control not about wisdom. He says, wisdom is better than strength. Nevertheless, the poor man's wisdom is despised and his words are not heard. Is there a similarity with what's going on today for us? Who is that poor man? Why is he despised? Why are his words not heard? The words of the wise are heard in quiet more than they that cry among those that rule among fools. And it closes, wisdom is better than weapons of war, but one sinner, and I would call this sinner a system, one system ruins much good. 
And I think that parable actually describes and illustrates where you and I are today. We are under siege and our mandate as the Imago Dei of God, as, as image bearers of God, is really under challenge. We're going to talk about that a bit more after we come back from the break, because there are good news and there are bad news and there are strange things going on. And we kind of want to have our eyes open to the wisdom of the poor man, if I can be a vehicle to that end. Uh, you're listening to the Monday edition of Lifeline. Actually, if you want to call and chime in and talk, the number is one triple eight. Three six seven five three two nine one triple eight three six seven five three two nine. My name is Jesse Gistan. You're listening to the Monday edition of Lifeline. We'll be right back. And now back to Lifeline. Pastor Layton does a really good job. I enjoy his uh, his, his real simple teaching uh, exhortation in the in the scriptures. His dad did a great job in that regard as well. In our opening monologue, I was talking about the fact that we're under siege. The siege is not visible. It's not obvious, but it's clear to those who are watching what's happening in our schools, what's happening in our government, what's happening in our media, what's happening in the policies in our state, what's happening with the jobs. It was just a commercial there a moment ago talking about the difficulty of uh, small business owners getting people back to work. Well, that was all part of what we call, at least I do, the Trojan horse of a pandemic. The Trojan horse of a pandemic. We've gone through these Trojan horse paradigms before. Now, what is a Trojan horse? You know, you know the basic history of the uh, of the, the wars of Troy and, and the Trojan horse sent in as a gift to the enemy and the enemy is enamored by the externality of the gift, the size of the gift, the largeness of the horse and uh, only to realize that on the inside of that gift are adversaries ready to launch out and take over, destroy, disrupt uh, your peace, your kingdom. And, uh, and, and that's how the enemy works. Marxism, after uh, Marx passed away, took on a transformational mode of, of application from a sort of open, hostile, if you will, um, uh, conflict theory uh, uh, proxies of the uh, proletariat, just the common poor people rising up politically against the bourgeoisie to uh, to appeal and to 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 protest and to demonstrate until the bourgeoisie gave them more rights and more uh, access to land and more liberty and all of that. Um, when that ultimately turned into the ruin of a dystopian destruction of war and and and, and pillage and killing, and and that's what that's what socialism has always done. We know that history. You you need not uh, spend too much time wondering what the outcome of a false promise of utopia <clears throat> will be uh, when 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 ungodly men and women and ungodly rulers take over. You can guarantee that. They're going to dominate you to their own pleasure. This is why I've stated to you guys that this this pandemic called COVID is nothing but a cover for control. COVID is a cover for control. And and you, you, you're beginning to recognize that. It's been two years now almost. And I've been talking about it from day one because I've, I've seen this happening even before COVID struck us in the election of Joe Biden and how it was so visibly obvious to many of us that our constitutions, constitutional principles and our protocols for election 
have been severely challenged even before our eyes. And, and then how the media works as part of the Trojan horse system to suppress information and to, uh, to redirect people's thinking so that they don't actually see what they see. Uh, that, that's called subversion. That's something I'm going to be talking about this Wednesday in our All Things COVID class. That's called subversion. It's an ideological subversive methodology to actually allow you to see something that's very clear and then to be told that you don't see what you see. Uh, with the uh, with the confident expectation that most people will simply buy the media for what it is. Well, Trojan horse activities have been going on in our country for a long time. It goes like this. Create a crisis. Tell the people's people where the crisis came from and then tell the people that you actually uh, know how to solve the crisis problem. And then you bring in the solution to the crisis problem uh, only to actually uh, incrementally uh, uh, increase your power and control over the people in that crisis, which you created by your own narrative and brought them into by propaganda and then finally ultimately resolve that crisis by your solutions which really didn't solve the crisis because the crisis wasn't there in the first place. But this is how Trojan horse methodology works. And, and we've been experiencing that in our country um, for 100 years, at least. The Patriot Act, many people are warned about the Patriot Act, taking away from you uh, constitutional rights, particularly the rights of privacy uh, and the rights of, uh, of, of, uh, of search and seizure of property and things of that nature, which um, our founding fathers, as well as good politicians knew back in the day, if you give the government too much power, it will actually take what you have and you will be fit to be tied to give it back. Well, what you and I are seeing, uh, and I've seen it over the totality of my lifetime, is an increasing encroachment of Marxist control that is now starting to become much more of a, t- a tyrannical, uh, overt expression. It used to just simply be that every time you turn around between the Republicans and the Democrats, there were socialist policies that would be implemented, fought, opposed, but ultimately they would take place uh, in our world. And the next thing you know, you're looking up and uh, the policies are here. In my article uh, that I'm actually going to be presenting for our All Things uh, COVID class this week, I'm going to be actually talking about how we have gone from uh, a traditional modernist world view that held to a biblical paradigm of marriage uh, and, and, and a biblical paradigm of the dignity of males and females. We have gone from a society that uh, used to believe in the honor of marriage to now uh, marriage is almost passe. Uh, we've gone uh, from a society that used to believe that we were image, image bearers of God in terms of being men and women to now, and, and this is where we're going to be talking about COVID again here in a moment, uh, we actually don't hold with great conviction at all that we're creating in God's image. Because we don't hold in great conviction that we are created in God's image, a vacuum has quickly come in to siege the notion of who we really are. And this is being taught in your schools. The very schools that parents should have some say-so concerning policy have been seized and captivated by critical race theory which comes up out of the Marxist socialist schools uh, from Marx all the way down to Gramsci and then ultimately into the legal, political, social and educational uh, vectors or uh, institutions of our society. 
And now your kids are being told that they are they are they are what they think they are and not what God has made them to be. And uh, it doesn't seem like the world is having a whole lot of uh, pushback on that. Why? Because the siege is working uh, and people are becoming normalized. I'm going to be talking about that again on Wednesday, why we have taken things that have been so important and precious to us in the past and have abandoned them. There's a reason for it. It's called demoralization. Our world is demoralized, demoralized. It's, it's demoralized on uh, three major platforms, entertainment, has destroyed the capacity for human beings to actually take things serious enough to do something about it, entertainment. And then that entertainment was a Trojan horse making us laugh and cry and feel good as it poured into our uh, visual and into our auditory and into our emotions, uh, unending acts of perversion, unending acts of profligacy, unending acts of corruption and, uh, and, 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 and destitute uh, experiences, whether they're through the movies or music, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, if you were ever to, able to do just kind of a, a, a time lapse or a time warper, go back in time, if you will, uh, just 50 years ago, you would be amazed at the transformation that we're going through. Uh, and now we are on the brink of what I believe is the fundamental reason for which even though you are seeing a number of nations, 13 uh, to be exact, uh, declaring uh, COVID over. COVID is over for England. COVID is over for uh, Ireland. It's over for France and Spain and Italy and Switzerland and the Netherlands and Lithuania. And it's over with for Denmark and Finland and Norway and Scotland and a few other countries. Brazil is over with in those countries. But what is not over with is the jab. Did you know that you are in transition? That's right. You are in transition. Uh, did you know that you are in transition? And, and let me see how simple I can make this. Uh, the head of Bayer Aspirin said, if we uh, if we were to tell people that this vaccine is not a vaccine, but a genetic modification platform, they wouldn't take it. He said this about three months ago. He said, if we don't use the term vaccine, and that's another one of the Marxist PowerPoints, they redefine terms. Uh, but now that a relatively significant portion of the modern world has taken the jab, you and I are in what is called the reset. And you guys have heard us talk about this before. Uh, Klaus Schwab has laid out the reset. It started in 2020 and it's going to be done in 2030. And we are well into it. You are in trans transition. You know how we talk about the um the uh, transgendered persons and and uh, transvestite individuals who are, are wanting to be other than their own biological gender. Well, we're in transition as a society too, and particularly people who have be who have been put on the regiment of these vaccine jabs. You do know that while things may be opening up around the world, they're not really opening that much up in California. California, Newsom is still mandating vaccine cards everywhere you go. And not only is that happening, he's also mandating getting more jabs. They want to jab your kids. They want to jab your babies. They want to jab everything you have. So what's going on 
when you are uh, allowed to basically kind of divest yourself of some of the rigid, rigid uh, uh, mass formation uh, edicts of social distancing, wearing masks, that's not going to go away either. We can talk about why that's the case. It has a psychological advantage. Um, but you still got to get jabs. Why? Why is our government, why is Biden, why is Big Pharma given to continue to jab you, jab you, jab you, jab you, and tell you your immune system won't be adequate until, in fact, um, you are jabbed up? It's because the jab is the vector and mechanism for transition. You are being transitioned, and you really need to know what that transition is all about. If you believe that the jabs are good, be very sure that we are moving from humanism to transhumanism. It may sound wild and bizarre, but I will explain a bit more when we come back from the break, because you just need to know, even if you don't want to know, I am going to share with you that which would seem absurd, ludicrous, unbelievable, um, irrational, again, conspiracy theory. Problem is, is not a theory. Um, this is the Monday edition of Lifeline. When we come back, we'll unpack more. Take your phone calls at one 367 5329 But you can stop it. All you got to do is just say, I want off this roller coaster, not getting back on and clean yourself up. We'll be right back. And life starts with God and life proceeds from a true narrative of what really is going on. Life cannot proceed from that which is not God. And life cannot thrive from that which is a lie. So as I stated in my opening monologue, um, you are seeing some uh, strategic moves on the part of our socialist world system. This is um, these are the powers that be that actually have the ability to invade your space with information and data and optics to have you thinking that we're moving in a certain direction. That is loosening up um, some of the mandates. But as I stated, you are not hearing anyone hardly anywhere saying get rid of the jabs. Now, at best, some of our states are the gooder states, better states are saying, you know, the jabs are up to you. Like uh, many of us are out in the street protesting the mandates because people need to work. People need to provide for their families. It's absolutely insane that we should have implemented a kind of uh, vaccine regimen, a pseudo vaccine regimen uh, at the threat of people's jobs and livelihoods when it was evident from the beginning that we did not really have a pandemic. It was an alleged pandemic. There was something going on, but it wasn't it wasn't anywhere near uh, the kind of pandemics we've had in the past and the ability to resolve this one with uh, with many other things other than vaccines um, was removed from the table and everyone was forced into the agenda because that was the goal from the beginning. So now that we don't have a pandemic and they're about to all universally say it, what they want you to continue doing is staying on the hamster wheel of getting the jabs. They want you to get jabs every three months to keep your now uh, abnormal immune system because your your immune system is no longer an organic, natural, innate, active immune system. It's, it's gradually being replaced by what the World Health Organization has openly stated it wants, and that is a vaccinated immunity a world that operates out of vaccine immunity. 
Is it? Have you guys ever heard of the term the body snatchers or the invasion of the body snatchers? I want you to capture that optic because that really does play here. A lot of our movies have actually given serious implications and expressions of what was coming in the future. And that would be one of them. Uh, the bodies of human beings are now being invaded. And they're being snatched up by technologies that are so far above the head of the average person, but not above the head of epidemiologists or virologists or scientists uh, who really know what's going on with uh, CRISPR gene therapy, with uh, with messenger RNA therapy, with Neuralink uh, 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 platforms. All of that stuff is, is integrated in what's happening now with people being... Uh, jabbed and they want to continue you getting jabbed and they want to jab your babies and they want to jab the children. Never in the world have we ever had this kind of universal activity going on. But why? Because you're already in transition. Human beings are already in transitions. I wish it wasn't true. Hope it's not true. I'd love to say I was wrong really do, because I'm not in this for just being right. I'm in it to try to warn you that you have to stop believing the lie of our media and have to stop believing the lie of our institutions that are getting paid humongous. You know, I was watching a um, a presentation that reiterated once again with great specificity what the schools get paid for Operation Lockstep, for being uh, compliant to the Biden administration rule to a social distance and make the kids wear masks and all of that. Every state gets on the average of four to five billion dollars and more. Can you imagine all of the schools in California getting that money from the government? how they must feel compelled to do exactly what the government says or have that money taken away. I think it's Arkansas, one of the states that has chosen to uh, exercise an anti-mask law so that they can stop harming the children because masks harm children. All psychologists that are worth their weight uh, in their vocation will tell you that um, it's very abusive. You may not know it, but it is. Um, and that state has chosen not to wear masks. And Biden has said, we're, we're thinking about pulling our money back. So this is one, it's not the ultimate reason, ladies and gentlemen, but it's one of, re- one of the reasons why everywhere you go, it's almost like, again, a, a, a military uh, siege. Everywhere you go, there is what is called COVID compliance. Did you know that in the hospital, every time a doctor or the uh, the, the the hospital itself, the, uh, the the workers, the nurses, the PAs, et cetera, uh, define you as having COVID, they make one hundred and sixty thousand dollars off of you. And the numbers go up as they end up putting you in the hospital, putting you on respirators, putting you on uh, on the uh, medic medicine protocol that ends up uh, statistically moving you towards death. They make hundreds of thousands of dollars. Uh, Given the kind of economic crash that we're having, which is also up under this same rubric, destroyed the economy, discombobulate the people psychologically, uh, threaten them with the only way that they can deal with their illness, which is COVID everything, uh, get them in the hospital, make them uh, ill, and, 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 and you can have your money. So your doctors and your nurses and your, um, and your first responders and all of the people in the hospitals, um, their paychecks are secure. The educational system is secure. It's because they're all walking in lockstep. 
They're all secure. There is this tyranny of power above the institutions and structures on the ground that are not operating as sole proprietors or independent or um, or as uh, uh, individual entrepreneurs. And we've been talking about this for decades, the the takeover of big conglomerates. Well, we're here now. And I'm sorry, this is the siege that I'm talking about. I know some of you are waking up to it. I wish that everyone was and that you that you knew that your rights were still intact, but you would have to act on them. I was thinking about this this morning. I was thinking about this as I was going out to take a walk and to behold the glory of God in creation and to enjoy the handiwork of uh, the natural world as I uh, enjoyed the inheritance of the Castro Valley Hills here uh, nearby and had a wonderful time talking with the Lord. But I, I, I just, I just, it was very clear to me what has occurred. This is called ideological subversion. You will hear me explain this explicitly Wednesday night in our All Things COVID class. Um, when you are told that you are not something, when you are told that you don't have something, when you are told that your um, authority is limited to what somebody else tells you, and, and, and in this case, I'm referring to you being an American citizen with constitutional rights, with the Bill of Rights and with the with with the, with the right to actually uh, exercise levels of autonomy and choice making that the government can infringe upon. When you're when you're being told by all of these methods and all of these uh, means and all of these sources that you are not and you cannot, then uh, as a man thinks in his heart, what? So is he. You're slaves and you're just waiting for government now to tell you again what to do. And that's the sad thing about what's going on. Um, you can be loosed from the external modes of mass formation, but you're still trapped in your mind. And when the, uh, the government tells you, you got to take that third jab or that fourth jab, you're going to do it. Not because the innate unction, your your intuitive unction uh, agrees with it, but out of fear, you're going to do it because you've always done it. I hope that God would be pleased to intervene with many of you, even through this program, to wake you up to the reality that you are in control of your life. And if we as Americans simply stood on our constitutional rights and principles, we don't have to burn America down. We're not like the leftists who think you have to do that. I am not for that. I love protests because protest is an expression of freedom of speech. And we have the right to talk. And I'm very glad that for the moment, I have the opportunity to talk with you as I am doing about these things, um, because I know at some point it's very probable, as is the case in many other countries where tyranny is much more immediate and severe, that uh, at some point you won't be getting these lone voices of, uh, of wisdom from a poor man telling you how to be delivered from a siege that is bringing all of America into captivity from the top down, uh, but your conscious knows that this is exactly what's happening. And so you may be in fight mode like many of us, or you may be in fright mode like a lot of people are. That's what the psychosis is about. Or you may be in flight mode. You may not want to hear this, but it doesn't necessarily mean it's not true just because you don't want to hear it. And so I have to share it with you. There's a whole lot more. Uh, but the phone lines are full and I'm going to take another break. And then when we come back, we'll go to the phone line, see if we can make this an informative, uh, encouraging, edifying, although, although painfully truthful 
dialogue for the next hour on the Monday edition of Lifeline. We'll be right back. And now back to Lifeline. We're back. Like I was saying, the the uh, sort of uh, oxymoronic nature of uh, pulling back some of the the uh, protocols, pulling back some of the mandates, but yet uh, maintaining uh, a recommendation to take the jab, as the CDC is saying, uh, Lewinsky is saying, and Fauci and others are saying. And of course, the doctors want it, as I stated. You keep COVID going, and it's one hundred sixty thousand dollars, all the way up to a couple hundred thousand dollars if you can if you can kill people through the protocol. Um, that is an evil and perverse incentive. But you guys already know that the word of God has stated the love of money is the root of all evil, and and there is certainly a perverse incentive behind driving these uh, programs uh, because they are anti science and they have proven not to work. And yet people are still being told to take the jab. Why? Because you are in transition. And that is a, a big problem that at some point will come to the surface and you will you recognize that there was a, uh, a gene therapy technique uh, platform that was implemented in these uh, in these vaccines. That's unarguable. It's, it's undeniable. It's just not as vivid and clearly laid out in our major media outlet because they also are a an orifice to make sure you only hear certain certain data. But again, I'm trusting that you're starting to wake up to the reality that somebody's lying to you. It could be me. There's no doubt about it, but somebody's lying to you and uh, and you're not as comfortable with the lie anymore. I have two lines open. Greg, you in Palo Alto were, were on. You can call me back. And then also Cliff in San Joaquin Valley. We've got two lines open. One triple eight. Three six seven five three two nine one triple eight three six seven five three two nine. Let's cover our two callers that we do have. We'll go to line number two and talk with James in the Bay first. Line number two. Uh, James, are you there? I'm here, PJ. Can you hear me? Yes, indeed. How you doing, man? How you doing, brother? Listen, I'm great. Three quick observations, uh, if I can. Uh, one, the first has to do real quick with the hospitals and how they kept our, our people in with, and kept us out. I would say, I submit to you, they had to do that because, you know, you can leave. We know we, we all know you can leave a hospital and sign yourself out if you don't agree what's going on. Absolutely. But obviously if, they can keep our love if they can keep our love within without getting the information because I would have signed people out in a heartbeat. Look, let's go. We got the protocol, but they had to do that because they know the truth was still the, the truth was still out there. So the only way they could do it was absolutely isolate uh, them on the inside and continue to do what do what it was they were doing, basically uh, uh, killing our people. And there were because there were obviously were some people armed on the outside that could have came in and told them. So of course people on the inside they're scared. They don't have, they don't have any communication with the people on the outside. They just went with it. But I just I just wonder what would have happened if we could have just went in and shared the truth with. Them. That was one observation. The second Absolutely. one. Uh, uh, the second one. Oh, oh, the second one is the, the 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 pulling back of the government. I would say the pulling back has to do with midterm elections. I think they sense that there there's trouble coming, that they, they could lose some, some, some valuable influence. So 
the midterm elections could have something to do with it. And finally, the third one is the hypocrisy of our state. Now, how is it that we can be under a state of emergency? We realize we're really supposed to be under a state of emergency through April 1st if Newsom returns it or the legislators overturn it. But he, him being a tyrant that he is, he's not going to relinquish it with, uh, unless it's taken from him. But how is it that you have, okay, the, okay, last week at the playoff game, both he, both he, Newsom, and uh, the mayor were seen without their mask along with the mayor of L.A. And we're in the state of emergency, right? So how is it that we're in the state of emergency and we're hosting a Super Bowl, bringing in thousands of people. How does that work? Tell me about the hypocrisy. I mean, if it's a state of emergency, move the Super Bowl to another state. Well, you know, I already know what's going on. So I'll, just, I'll touch on those three, and, uh, and then we'll go to our next call for a few minutes. Uh, point number one, the separation of the older people from their loved ones and taking them into the hospital was exactly that. That's what Ron Johnson's uh, symposium with those 30, 40 doctors and um, and nurses and other um, uh, scientists and professors asserted that um, the behavior was uh, militant and unkind. It wasn't uh, do no harm. They did a lot of harm and a lot of people died. And and we know that this is your this is your Hitlerian uh, mode of getting rid of people, and it and it and it happened, and they, they they blamed it on COVID, but really it was protocols that did that. I just sent out a uh, a, a video clip of a guy who had gotten into a car accident. He just had gotten into a car accident, and when the uh, EMT came, they actually gave him a shot that put him to sleep. And when he mm-hmm. woke up in the hospital, he woke up on a ventilator with a uh, shunt in his arm. He was so disoriented because his shot had taken him out. And he looked up and realized he was on a ventilator. Now, he already had known about this wickedness, as you and I are talking about it. Very few Mm -hmm. people want to admit it. He snatched that shunt out of his arm. He took that ventilator out of his throat. He had the strength to get up and stand up and go to the door and scream to the nurses and everyone there. Who told you you had the right to put me on a ventilator? And, and, And what did you give me? He forced them to tell him everything they gave him. And he was basically sitting there prepared. Preparing to die, preparing yeah. to die. He, it was an amazing event. I'm so glad I saw it. Most people don't see it. But God allowed that man to wake up, allowed that man to see himself on the ventilator. Because uh, you know what they do? They give you a morphine drip. Part of it is what Michael Jackson took that took him out as an overdose. It calms you down, slows down your heart. Eventually, you just gradually um, expire. That's exactly mm-hmm. what's been going on, as the good doctors have warned about. That brother is such an encouragement to me because God helped him get up out of there. And as soon as he got out of there, he exposed it fully uh, on on the proper platforms. But mm-hmm. can you imagine all the people going into the hospital under all kinds of circumstances um, uh, and being claimed to have COVID and, and because no loved one is there, nobody is there to be able to help them. They get run right into the proverbial train headed to Auschwitz and nobody knows it. And it's all because you get from 160,000 to 250,000 and, and more. Some say up to 400,000 per 
case. Um, I hope this comes out and makes itself public and obvious to the world because the first responders know it. The doctors know it. The nurses know it. PAs know it. They all know it. Um, but the average citizen doesn't. Secondly, I need to quickly move on uh, to to the other thing, particularly with Gavin Newsom and uh, uh, Magic Johnson. They're all partying, as you say, without masks on. That's because we are in what is called open conspiracy. It's not a theory. It's a fact. They have conspired to actually oppress men and women, and they don't care that you caught them. Almost all of our elected officials today are being caught. They are being caught. But why won't they have you take your mask off? And the reason is, as I stated, weak-minded men and women have learned how to be controlled as you would do with a dog, Pavlov's dog, or you have trained them to to fear walking around with with a mask off in in public or around other people. And it continues to um, psychologically hold them uh, in control of uh, the the, uh, dog whistle mandates that come down from from our government. Take the vaccine, take the vaccine, take the jab, take the take the boosters, take the boosters. And I've said it before because the psychologists, social psychologists have made it plain. One third of people are going to do it without question. So even though we're waking a lot of people up and they are waking up, one third is going to do it without question. And our world, particularly uh, first world countries, are are in transition. They are in transition from being organic human beings to being synthetic human beings in a transhumanistic agenda as they've tried before and they're they're actually doing it now. And unless people really wake up to these realities, um, it's gonna be it's gonna be too late for some people. Listen, I gotta take a hard break. Hard break, two lines open, one triple eight. In fact, three lines open, one triple eight, three six seven, five three two nine, one triple eight, three six seven, five three two nine. We'll be right back. Three star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to, he understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com. <laughs> 